everybody welcome to japanatron my name is dave pavlina and japanatron is a podcast all about life in japan and japanese culture all right today's topic i want to talk about japanese tv now if you've read my blog article about japanese tv you'll probably think that i'm not a huge fan because the title of that article is why japanese tv sucks so if you're a huge fan of japanese tv this this episode might upset you. <laughs> However, I will say that um, since writing that article, I've, I've had some other revelations, some other uh, pondering, some other thoughts about Japanese TV. So I will, do, I will do this. I will start with the bad. We'll get that over with. Then I'll transition into some thoughts about, uh, I call it in defense of Japanese TV, some ponderings about that. And then at the very end, I'll do my best to end on a good note. I'll, I'll list out the good things, the things that I like, the merits of Japanese TV. Uh, because I have since found some uh, several redeeming qualities about Japanese TV. And in fact, I may end up writing an article about that to kind of balance my Why Japanese TV Sucks article out. <laughs> uh, last note before we begin is I won't cover anime. I think that's a separate topic. And honestly, I'm really ignorant when it comes to anime and manga and that stuff. I'm just not really that into that whole scene. And I think if I did an episode on anime and manga, I'd get a lot of troll <laughs> trolls flaming me because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Okay, let's go into this. The bad. The things that I really don't like about Japanese TV. Number one, no budget. Japan just doesn't spend much money on TV production. Now, this could be due to the language, perhaps. I think Japanese is just not as globally marketable as English is. English is a global language. In fact, actually, Chinese is bigger, but English is globally marketable. In fact, I think even uh, European countries, Germany, Sweden, uh, France, they, they make movies in English just because it's more marketable that way. I've heard this. And so I think with, with Japan and the language, it's just not as globally marketable as English. Now, the, the problem with this theory, where it doesn't really hold up, is anime. Now, I said I wasn't going to get into anime, but quick note. Anime, I think, is Japan's bread and butter. That is globally marketed. It's world famous. It's translated all over the place. So that doesn't really hold up, um, but I think anime is is their big scene, is what Japan's entertainment is all about. That's the world-famous one, and they stick with that. Another funny thing is I think kids' shows in Japan, like the Power Rangers stuff, I think that actually has a bigger budget, definitely bigger than the dramas. They got effects going on, they got explosions they film out in like Odaiba by uh, Tokyo Bay, and they got stuntmen and all this cool stuff. I'm pretty impressed with those kid shows, those action hero things. 
uh, they they pour some money into those, and and I think maybe those are more globally marketable because they will reshoot the English scenes with like American actors, and then they'll use the action sequences. <laughs> Suddenly you'll jump to Japan and they'll be fighting each other because they're wearing those like helmets, you know, when they change into the real Power Rangers. So uh, that is actually kind of impressive where they, they do spend their money. But when it comes to dramas, oh my God, they just don't spend much money on these things. And I'll tell you why. First of all, they they always film it. They always seem to film it in like the offices of the TV station. I've seen the, the inside offices of Asahi, <laughs> TV, Fuji... Uh, you you name it. I've seen. I've gotten a tour of their offices through their dramas. <laughs> they they must just use their office building to film these dramas. They just don't spend much money on it, and they just don't do like things uh, like science fiction or anything requiring a modest budget. They don't. You're not going to see Star Trek. You're not going to see Japan creating pro- producing some show like Star Trek anytime soon. They just don't do that. They don't spend the money on it. And another thought I had as to why is their seasons run in these three-month cycles. Now, in the U.S., you can have shows go on and on and on for years and years, 10, 15 years of seasons. When a show's a hit, they just milk it for all it's worth. They just keep it going, man. And they'll start with a pilot, and, you know, they'll, they'll kind of start out with season one, you know, maybe a lighter episode, not so many episodes, uh, a lighter season, not so many episodes. And if it becomes popular, then they'll start pouring more money into it. And then, you know, season five, six, they got they got a billion dollar budget. Japan runs in three month cycles. So their drama is just three months and it's gone. It's gone. They're on to the next one. They don't do season after season after season. So why spend money on a show like that? Why pour money into it? That could be why. No budget. But come on, Japan, spend some money. Number two, too much fucking food. Oh my god, fuck man. It's nonstop with the food. I've bitched about this before in previous episodes, so I don't want to get too much into it. But man, you you can't go five minutes of Japanese TV without having food shoved in your face. Oh, it's so fucking delicious. It tastes so good. And you'll know what I'm talking about. You got the zoom in and the, the picking it up with the chopsticks and the steam coming off of it. And oh, it's so fucking good. It's so delicious. Our food is so great. Here it is. Watch it. Watch our food. Man, they just it's just nonstop with that. And I got an example. There's a morning show I watch called Zippu. Uh, it's on, I think, Channel 4, Nitere. I believe. I watch it, uh, I'll get into the, the good merit part, but I watch it because the, the announcers on it are really, really beautiful women. <laughs> that's that's the main reason I watch this show. Anyways, they have this corner, I'll call it corner on the show, my Japanese English, called Moko's Kitchen. It's this guy, Moko Michi, I think. He's a famous, pretty good-looking uh, Japanese drama actor, uh, but he also turns out he, he loves cooking. I guess it's his hobby, he's really good at it. And so uh, he he does this kind of little cooking corner, one or two minute spot, where he, he introduces a recipe, he cooks it up, and every single goddamn time, it's so fucking delicious at the end. And I swear, some of these recipes, they look like shit to me, man. There's no way that thing is that delicious. And I would pay money, I would pay money just once in a while to see him fuck up a recipe for once. 
That would be awesome because the unpredictability of that would be entertaining to me. You know, you don't know if he's actually going to fuck it up or not, but it's so predictable. Yes, of course it's going to be fucking delicious at the end because it, it's always so delicious at the end, Japan. Let's mix it up a little. Let's make nasty, shitty food once in a while and have people vomiting. That would be entertaining to me. Too much goddamn food, dude. Always oishi and umai. It never stops. It never ends. Get over it, dude. Thanks, Japan. Come on. Listen to me. Next. Too many dumb variety shows. They got this pattern they just do. And and this is their, their, cookie, cutter, their cookie cutter template. They got a gaudy 1970s Las Vegas looking set. All these bright lights and glitter and shit. And they get a bunch of celebrities, pseudo-celebrities, I'll call them. They're just these talentos, these talents. They're basically just famous for being famous, for being on these shows. They just sit around. And they just talk about food and stupid shit. They watch YouTube videos from America. And they make this sound always. And they they show their face in the corner because they have to have the facial reactions there. And it's just, it's just dumb, and it's just, that's the bulk of what I see on Japanese TV, these variety shows. It's like, hey, wow, your story's so interesting. Okay, here's a YouTube video, hey, wow. Come on, man, come on, Japan. Can we, can we think of something else? (sighs) All right, enough about that one. Let's move on. Next, stage acting. Japan just doesn't have that camera show-off culture like the U.S. has. When I was growing up, and I'm, I'm pretty old, <laughs> when I was growing up, we had video cameras. You know, they use the tapes and shit, but we had cameras. You know, my sister was a screenwriting major, and, and we made, you know, family videos, these comedies, you know, and we were, we were being funny. We were always had the camera in our faces. We always jumped in front of the camera, hi, mom. You know, we love the camera in the U.S. And uh, in Japan, not so much. I think they they don't learn acting. They don't have that culture. They don't have those the hobby, I think, as much. I think it's changing, uh, you know, with smartphone cameras and everyone has a camera now. But I think J- Japanese still really learn acting from stage drama cl- clubs in high school. That's how they learn their acting. Now, we have that in high, in high school in the U.S. too. We have, you know, the high school musical and all that. But Japan just learns acting from stage. That's, that's just the way they're trained for some reason. And the U.S. has matured out of this. If you look at American TV from the 50s, the 60s, I Love Lucy, Twilight Zone, there's a lot of that stage acting. Stage acting is big. It's over the top. It has to be because when you're on stage... You want the audience back in the cheap seats to appreciate the action on stage. You have to make it overly big. With video and the camera being two inches from you, you you don't act that way anymore. The U.S. matured out of this. They don't act like that anymore. They realize the camera lens is right next to their face. They're not going to go over the top with with their cheesy acting. Some of this still lingers in the U.S. You get those Disney Mickey Mouse Club shows, you know, that stuff for kids. Okay, fair enough. It's targeted at kids. It's over the top. It's it's cheesy. Cheesy stage acting. Okay. 
Japan still does this constantly all over the place, especially in dramas. These these beautiful women that they get, these young talent, these young <laughs> idols and stuff, talento, they they just can't act. They give them like a couple weeks worth of stage acting training and it's just always over the top. And I never see real Japanese people talking like this or acting like this. And that's why I gotta say that the best acting I've ever seen in Japan is actually in offices, in the office where I work, and in, and even more so in my previous office, which was a Japanese company. The the acting there is Academy Award winning. It is fantastic, and that's really Japan should take the experience from the office and bring it to TV to TV dramas, because I never see people, I never experience Japanese people acting like they do on TV. It's just not realistic to me. It just looks very stage acting to me. Uh, and I think <laughs> I think I've seen the inc- most incredible acting in offices, how you know they're overworked and they hide their overworkedness and it's that tate mai they they hide their their frustration and true feelings, this passive aggressiveness. Man, they should just bring that to the stage, uh, not the stage to the TV. TV programs because that really speaks about Japanese culture. <laughs> That's the acting they should do. The the stage acting really has to go. They should bring it bring it out of the office instead. Next, next demerit, us and them. Now, fair enough. Japan is mostly Japanese people. There's like what? 1% foreigners living here. So, there's this wall put about put around foreigners on TV. I don't really think you're going to see a, a really riveting, profound show about the foreigner experience anytime soon. There are some attempts. I've seen some shows, you know, like foreigners visiting Japan. Hey, why are you here? What are you doing? What do you like about Japan? Uh, I've seen ones where a Japanese woman married a, a foreigner guy and they're running like a restaurant together or something like that. But every time I see these shows, it always seems to me like there's a wall put around the foreigner. Like, whoa, that's so different. Oh, really? That's the way you guys think? And, yeah, okay, that's fine. Japan is mostly Japanese people, but it, 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 it perpetuates stereotypes. It doesn't really do much for making Japan move in a more cosmopolitan international direction. So, I don't see this changing anytime soon, but it would be nice if there was a little bit less of the one foreigner that speaks amazing Japanese, which, okay, those are hard to find. I'll give you that. One foreigner sitting on the variety show, and they're all just sort of looking at him him or her, going like, what, really? You're tall, and whoa, do you hit your head, and whoa, what's, you know, in America we do this, and in Japan we do that, whoa, really? It gets a little old. It gets a little old. And last interesting side note I want to note about this this one point is, you know, with the 2020 Olympics coming up, I am seeing some interesting changes in Tokyo, at least. I'm seeing more English on the trains, uh, the, 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 the staff in various hotels and, and whatnot, smaller hotels, not the big ones, are speaking English. I, see a, I saw a show about old women 
opening up their spare rooms in their house, you know, to make some extra money. And they're learning English in order to accommodate, you know, the the influx of foreigners coming to visit and the anticipation of the 2020 Olympics, which is going to have a ton of foreigners. But, you know, they're slowly but surely opening, you know, making it more welcoming to foreigners by promoting this English. And I think it really comes down to the almighty dollar, the money, (laughs) because we're coming here. Especially Chinese, man, they're spending insane amounts of cash. They come here with these wads, these just buckets of money and suitcases filled with money. And they, and they go back with the suitcases of money empty and instead filled with Japanese products. And so there's money there. So, yeah, if you're going to open the door and, and you're going to welcome me with my big fat fatty wallet. Okay, so hopefully that'll make us a little bit more international and a little bit less racist in, you know, move us in the right direction in Japan. So, on TV, I don't know if this 2020 Olympics is going to make a big difference, because it's not the same. I don't think Japanese TV has to accommodate foreigner, you know, guests and visitors, tourists as much. Uh, but we'll see. I don't know. The 2020 Olympics has already instigated some interesting changes. Uh, so we'll see if if the TV... Uh, falls into that as well. That'd be interesting. Uh, okay, so last, in defense of Japanese television. Well, not really in defense, but let, let's kind of transition here. I think the problem in Japan in general with the all the negative things I've just said is these business these business models, these stupid variety shows, the, the food all the time, these cheap dramas, no budget... I think they're proven. These business models are proven in Japan. They, they must make money because they just keep producing this. And they wouldn't just keep producing it if it didn't make money. So I think they just go with what they know and what makes money. They don't really want to truly innovate because it's too risky. It's just too damn risky. Shit, we could just film another show about food, zoom in on it, really cheap, easy to make, and, and people like it. Okay? It sells. Okay, it sells the advertising, it makes us money. We're just going to stick with that. We're going to be safe about it. So, that's number one. Number two, in defense of it, explaining why these these negative points exist, is I think those that get really good at production in, in Japanese television, they probably just move to Hollywood. I mean, wouldn't, be, wouldn't that be the, the better place to go? You know, that's where everyone wants to end up, right? Hollywood, that's the big money, the big bucks. You know, and if you look at lists of credits on on American TV shows, on American movies, I see tons of Japanese names in there. And I think the, the real star talents in Japanese production, TV, movies, they just go to Hollywood. That's, that's where they want to be, man. Shit, I'd, I'd, I'd do it. And that's probably what everyone in Japanese entertainment dreams of, moving to California, man. That's living the dream. That's like the baseball player thing. You know, you make it big, you make it so big, you go to America. That is the penultimate. And I think it's the same, the same goes in the Japanese TV world. You go to America, you're Hollywood, man, you are a star. You're big, you're global. So, I, I, see, I see Japan as this kind of small tech startup. They, they got a lot of star talent, and then Apple the big guy just keeps stealing their star talent from them, and they just can't take off. 
because Apple, the big guy, everyone wants to work there. Apple and Google, they steal all the star talent. So they, they really can't get off the ground. They can't get out of this, this food and, and cheesy variety shows because the people who are really, truly creative just move off to Hollywood. You know, and you see this with, like, Pixar. They scoop up all the top Japanese animators and all the, the producers and stuff. They'll just scoop them up. And anyone really, truly good, Hollywood will scoop them up, take them away from Japan, and then we're left with the second-rate producers making the, the cheesy, stupid shit that with no budget. So... That's what I'll say. Let's get into the good. Oh, wait, wait, I'm sorry. I have a few more points on in defense. Um, the negative points. A few more things in defense. This is not my culture. It's not my language. Okay? I'm obviously a white American dude. I'm obviously not their target audience, of course. So it's really no big surprise that I don't really like it. I didn't grow up in this culture. I'm really not even that good at the language. I'm not a native speaker, of course. And so I miss a lot of it. So, I'm not their target audience, and so it's not a big surprise I don't like it. The other thing, in defense, movies and TV shows are just huge business in the U.S. It's huge money. It is a massive industry in the U.S. So, state governments are way more willing to accommodate Hollywood. Hollywood comes to some small town in Nebraska to film. They will bend over backwards, probably, to make that happen. You want to film in Nebraska? Welcome, production crew. Come on in. We will stop traffic. We will shut down bridges. We will do everything and anything to accommodate you. It's huge money, and we want to make this happen. Maybe it, in Japan, that's not the case. Japanese governments probably aren't so entertainment industry friendly. They just they, they don't close off streets of Tokyo to, to, to film some action sequence. No, that's not going to happen in Japan because it's not worth it. So the industry doesn't want to spend the money, the government doesn't want to accommodate it, so, okay, that's why we're going to film in the office instead, <laughs> in the Asahi Terebi office instead. Last thing in defense, uh, before I move into the good, I think just in general, Jap uh, Japanese TV just serves a different purpose for Japanese people. I see it as this kind of, this kind of getaway fantasy vacation for office workers. Office workers spend all day, they're shoveling corporate donkey shit all day long, they come home, they plop themselves on the on the couch, they bite into their kombini sandwich, you know, their onigiri. They had a long day. Over time, they're in no mood to, to, for anything profound and riveting and really intellectual. You know, maybe Japanese people just don't want to consider these deep, profound topics when they turn on the TV. So these dumb variety shows dominate, you know? And let's watch some YouTube videos, you know, with a cat falling off a shelf or something, or a cat getting freaked out by a cucumber. You know, let's just keep it mindless and, and, and brainless. That's fine, because it serves a therapeutic function in Japan. Maybe that's the function that Japanese uh, TV serves for the Japanese people. And that's fine, that's noble enough for me, okay? You want to just be dumb and stupid and pie in the face? Fine. You know, I'll, I'll get into that with the good. Let's move into the good now. Good stuff. Let's finish on a positive note. Number one, I got to get this one over with. Japan is shameless when it comes to the whole sex sells thing. Okay. Now, go ahead. You, you can call me a chauvinist, sexist pig. You know, that's fine. Okay. That's fine. Go ahead. 
But man, cute girls are everywhere on Japanese TV, and it's fucking awesome. God bless you for that, Japan. There's no Puritan America here with that. They do not give a shit. They just put hot girls on everything. (laughs) Almost, yeah, that's why I watch the variety shows. That's why I watch Japanese TV. It's all about, they got the idols, they got the Joshi Ana. The Joshi Ana are the female, uh, they look like models, the, the TV announcers, okay? They're on new shows, whatever. They are super hot. Thank you, Japan, for that. Let's move on before I get into too much trouble with my mommy. Next. Good point. They do some crazy stupid shit sometimes on Japanese TV that American TV just would never do. American TV is just too stuck up and conceited for that. Okay, it's in Japan, it's a little bit too few and far between for me. I wish they did more crazy stupid shit because to me, that's the rare gem. That's the rare gem of Japanese television that is fucking awesome. Okay, a few examples. I love this show where they have these eating contests. Okay, I love I love this shit. They don't really do this in America too much. Unless you count, like, the Coney Island hot dog eating contest. But in Japan, they have this show where they have just fairly, pretty normal-looking women. Japanese women, they're, they're slender, they're not, you know, overweight at all. You know, they just look like normal women. And they eat, like, a thousand fucking hot dogs. <laughs> They'll just line up, five women, all pretty normal-looking. You know, a, a few of them are pretty cute. And they will just eat a thousand fucking hot dogs. <laughs> And it's, it's amazing. They go at it for like, the show must go on for two hours. And they, they travel to different countries and they're eating like bowls of ramen and steaks. And, you know, they fly to America and all this stuff. And it's so needlessly dramatic. It's great. But it makes me laugh, man. It makes me laugh. They do such a good job of it. I'm impressed. Uh, the announcer, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how you can make, like, five women eating a thousand hot dogs not get boring after, like, five minutes. But, man, they go on for hours with this, and I'm amazed. You know, they, they edit it, they cut it, the commentating, it, 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 they make it like a sport. It really is like a sport. And it's funny to me because if it were, like, fat guys or even Japanese guys... It just wouldn't be as entertaining. But to me, the fact that it's just really normal-looking women, and they're just fucking eating and eating is just amazing. And I can't get enough of it. I cannot get enough of that. Keep making this, Japan. This is great. You don't see this in America so much. That's why I love It's a gem of Japanese television. Another example that really makes me laugh is they'll have, like, here's a scenario. They'll... They'll put people dressed, they'll put a guy dressed like a zombie. And I'm talking like an Asian zombie. It's an obake. It's like the, the white powdery face with like black makeup kind of thing. It's an Asian thing. Uh, you, uh, if you've ever watched the Japanese version of The Ring uh, or Juon, you probably know what I'm talking about. Anyways, they hide this guy dressed like a Japanese zombie in a, like a trash can. Kind of an inconspicuous trash can. Uh, like in the hallway on the way to the green room, like in the back studio of the uh, of the TV station. Okay, and they hide some like you know they put some hidden cameras in the hallway, and they just have this inconspicuous trash can. Then they have some kind of like really cute like Japanese pop idol, this idol girl, walking through the hallway, and then the guy pops out of the, the trash can, and they just scare the shit out of her. 
and it's awesome. And yeah, you know, I'm thinking this this could be scripted. It probably is scripted. They probably warn her so she doesn't get a real heart attack uh, when they scare the shit out of her. But they do a fantastic job of this, man. And it's just something is so funny to me about watching, you know, the, the cute Japanese idol. You think, you know, oh, she's a cute girl. In America, no one would ever fuck with her like that, you know? Because in Japan, they just do stuff on TV that would result in lawsuits in the USA. If they did that to some cute girl in in America, some idol girl, you know, pop idol, whatever, they get sued probably, unless they scripted it. And even then, it wouldn't come out right. I don't know. It would be too Hollywood. Japan pulls this off pretty well. They'll throw a, a cute girl into a, like a bucket of tomato sauce, and <laughs> just love that shit. It's usually the guys, the comedians doing stupid shit like this. But man, there are some rare gems where you know they just fuck with a cute girl or a celebrity. It, it's just no holds barred. There's more rules on American TV. You know, you can't fuck with Brad Pitt in such and such a way. But on Japanese TV, they don't give a shit, man. You're a super famous celebrity in Japan. They'll, they'll fuck with you. It's great. And yeah, it could be scripted. But hey, man, they pull it off pretty well. I, I did, I, I'll give them that. I will give them that. Next good point. This list is getting pretty long. Yeah, I got some good points here. This is balancing out pretty well. Um, I will say Japan does a pretty good job at educating the public and including some academics on their TV. You know, they test your kanji skills. They teach you how to have better posture. They discuss uh, your high blood pressure, if you have problems with high blood pressure. And, you know, struggling with raising your first child. You know, they'll discuss this stuff. They'll they'll build these, like, home-built models. You know, not CG, you know, graphics that, you know, uh, they'll, they'll do, like, old school, you know, like a classroom. And they'll have these professionals, these lawyers, these doctors come on, and they have some pretty good personalities, you know, come on and they'll explain this stuff. And I gotta, I gotta hand it to them, man. They do a pretty damn good job of educating you uh, when you don't really think you're being educated. They just sort of slip it in, you know? I think the USA could really use more of this because you're learning when you don't really think you're learning. It, it's like the kid that doesn't want to take her medicine, Okay. So you got to hide the medicine in a food that, that the little girl likes, okay? And Japanese TV does that with academics. They, they sneak the academics into these, like, regular silly TV shows. You know, they sneak it in there. You know, like the hidden medicine. And they do a pretty damn good job of this. Because you don't, you don't have to think too much about it, you know? And I wish the U.S. did more of this, you know? They, they talk about these, these kind of health-related topics, you know, and things like that. And they, and they do it really, really well you know, um, in a way that doesn't make you think like you're being lectured. And I think maybe in the U.S. it's equivalent. The closest thing I could think of is, like, I've heard that some people say they learned about health and medicine from watching episodes of ER. <laughs> that kind of makes sense. You know, I, I heard when they did ER, they had to research, of course, to make it more realistic, and, and they're not, supposedly, they're not speaking total bullshit. So, you know, people actually did take away some knowledge, you know, in the, uh, regarding the medical field, you know, <laughs> from ER. So it's kind of cool the way they do it. Uh, the last point, and this is the, this is the biggest one to me. This is the final good point I will say about Japanese TV. Japanese TV 
compared with American TV, it doesn't have these lofty aspirations. American TV always suffers from this. American TV always wants to change the world. Let's talk about racism and politics and gun control and the obesity problem and the wage gender gap and terrorism. Let's talk about all that, you know? They always got to get so political with everything. And, you know, sometimes in the U.S., can you just make a comedy that's fucking funny? You know, keep it lowbrow, keep it really stupid and pie in the face. Can you just do that? Because so many times, especially the comedies, they start out so noble. It's so funny. A few episodes in, I'm laughing and laughing. And then later on, they have to get really deep and profound and talk about relationships and racism. And fuck, man, can't you just make me laugh? I had a hard fucking day at work. You know, I don't want to I don't want to think about this deep profound shit all the time. You know? And in the US, there's one show that stands out to me is Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That is one of few shows that really sticks to their guns. They stick to their intent. They keep it lowbrow and perverted and stupid and just really inappropriate. They never really get too satirical or too political or too profound or deep to really make you think. Their first episode was like, the gang gets racist, and I'm like, uh-oh, are we going to talk about some deep thing about racism now? We're going to end up, you know, on some, like, really, you know, really deep, profound note. No, that's all it was. The gang just gets racist. And it was just funny. It was fucking funny. It made me laugh. You know, we don't have to get so deep and profound and change the world. And Japanese TV does this really well. They have no problem with chucking people into a big fucking pool of pizza sauce. They don't give a shit about that. They'll fuck with anybody. You know, they'll scream in someone's face. You know? And America just has this this conceited, oh, we're too good for that kind of stuff. You know, we're too intelligent and too mature of a culture for that kind of lowbrow entertainment. No! That stuff is funny! It's obviously funny, because... Americans are always talking about how crazy Japanese TV is. That shit gets billions of hits on YouTube. This crazy stuff they do. Why don't you do it, America? You know, learn a little bit from from Japanese TV. You can save some money. Just keep it lowbrow. Fucking throw a pie in Brad Pitt's face. That'd be fucking awesome. Why can't you do that stuff? No, we always gotta be so profound and talk about all these deep political topics and oh... It's always so political and makes me think so deep. I don't want to think. I was at work all day thinking. I'm tired of fucking thinking and working. You know, I want to watch some stupid mindless TV, you know, eat my shitty sandwich and jerk off and go to bed. That's my plan. And Japanese TV does that. It fulfills that plan, that evening plan of mine on week on weekdays very well for me. Thank you so much. That's it. Let me know, what are your thoughts on Japanese TV? You like it? You hate it? What what, what are you thinking? Uh, if you like this, follow me. Look at japanatron.com. That'll take you to my main site, uh, mondaiji.com. I got all my social networking links on there and, and all sorts of fun stuff. So, talk to you later. Toodles! Welcome to Japanatron. Japanatron, Japanatron. Japanatron, Japanatron. Have received this transmission from the Comedy Podcast Network. For more shows, visit comedypodcastnetwork.com.